0: Hello everyone, my name is Steven Kilgore, Managing Editor for Feeding Grain and host of the Feeding Grain Podcast. This episode is the second in a set of interviews with some fantastic students from Kansas State University's Grain Science Department. We did them all on the show with IPPE, so the audio may be a tad rough, you'll hear some people moving around in the background and stuff. But they are great interviews with my guests Ashley Saini, Allison Bloom, and Patrick Badger who are all great to talk to and had a lot of insight into the industry itself and their futures within it. We discuss why they took an interest in the feed industry, their experience getting an education in grain science, and what they look forward to in their future careers. But before we start, I've got to do a bit of housekeeping. If you're listening to this podcast within a podcast app, please consider helping us out by subscribing and or leaving a review if you have an idea for a topic you'd like me to cover or for someone in the animal feed, grain handling, or related industries you think I should talk to, let me know. This podcast page on feedinggrain.com has a button right under the title that will let you send me an email directly. All right, enough of that. Uh, on to the conversation itself. You mind tell me who you are, just so I have it on the, on the record? Yeah,
1: so I'm Ashley Saney. I'm from Norfolk, Nebraska, and I'm currently a junior at Kansas State in nice. food science, so...
0: What drew you to feed science? Why were you like, this is the career for me?
1: (laughs) So I grew up in and around livestock my whole life. Uh, So we do show stock. A lot of show stock goes cattle feed. Mostly sheep and goats. Um, goats? Chickens within the last five years. But mostly sheep, goats, and chickens. Occasional steer, heifer, the occasional hog. But mostly sheep, goats, and chickens.
0: Is it the family business or you guys...
1: So we raise our own boar goats. So my aunt and uncle have their own Borgo herd at home, and we kid out goats every year and, and show nice. them back at the shows and stuff. And it's probably my favorite thing to do, <laughs> see all the little baby goats running around.
0: Well, what part of the country are you from?
1: So for, I'm from northeastern Nebraska.
0: Yep, you just you told me that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm about four hours north of Manhattan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, that's one of the big advantages of being in feed science, so you can kind of go anywhere at least in the midwest that you want to go
1: midwest and on the east coast there's a lot there's a Mm -hmm. lot of opportunities out there
0: yeah yeah is that part of what kind of drew you to it yeah
1: so that how many opportunities i I have and then growing up in livestock it's just i didn't want to go animal science animal science is it is great it's great Mm -hmm. but it does not get me to where i want to be i want to go the next level more specific more more geared towards what i want to do and feed science is the only program in the country that can allow me to do that so
0: yeah have you gotten to walk around a little bit and talk yeah to people? i've
1: gotten a lot of people so my dad is actually at the show he oh, yes. um or is an employee at ebm Yo. so he is a big part of the show and he's been mm-hmm. showing me around and introducing me to people and now, it's I've, a great way to meet people
0: i didn't ask anyone else this but i'm going to ask you this
1: what do companies
0: what do they have to do to attract you to the work for them
1: I guess I haven't really thought about that. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I want to be in Nebraska somewhere. Sure. I think that's just something that I want to do. I'm willing to relocate if I if I like the idea. I just, I like to be close to home. I'm a big family person. So being in that like eight hour range of around home would be great for me. I think East Coast is a, is a little bit far, but <laughs> anywhere in the Midwest, I can, I can make what work. But yeah. just being a, an overall good company, being somebody that appreciates their employees and knows that there's a there's a time and a limit between work and work and home
0: sure i actually really like nebraska (laughs) omaha is one of my favorite midwestern (laughs) cities awesome anything else you're looking forward to at the show you guys get to do any education sessions anything like that Um,
1: so we've done a couple interview sessions Mm -hmm. with with companies and stuff but right now i think it's just getting to meet all of the all of the businesses that you don't even realize are in feed yeah here yeah Um, and see the poultry side of it, the production side of it. really cool.
0: Well, that's another career avenue, right? Is if you don't want to go, if you don't end up in a mill, the equipment side also needs as many people as they can possibly get.
1: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I think there's so many opportunities within feed that there's plenty out there for us. Excellent. (laughs)
0: Well, see, that's all it is. Yeah. Easy, hopefully. Um, thank you for talking
1: to me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was nice to meet you. Yeah, very nice to meet <laughs> you, too. Oh, well, first, we should probably start with your name. Oh, yeah. Allison Bloom.
0: Allison, very nice to meet you. Yep. Thank you for talking to me today.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You're going for your PhD now. Yeah. What's, what's it going to be in?
2: Um, so, mine's a little bit different than people in our group typically. So, I'm looking at how we're doing... Production planning based off of the feed orders coming in, and then trying to tie that to feed deliveries going out the door, sure. and how we're routing trucks and trying to improve the throughput through the mill with that space.
0: See, now you're talking my language because now, <laughs> now we're getting into article territory. What's your what's your career goal? Do you want to go in academia? Do you want to do the research side of things? Are you planning on going into the the nuts and bolts industry? What are you what are you thinking?
2: Yeah, so I really. Like being in industry, mm-hmm. I like playing with big data, mm-hmm. big data sets, and trying to take the information and the things we're tracking. Already, everything in the mill is automated at this point, so yeah. there's a lot of data points we can use, and that's not always being utilized to oh, the not fullest at capacity. All. Um, so, trying to find a way to take that information and actually make it useful is really fun for me.
0: And a very emerging thing in the feed industry that's, it's well, it's how we're going to make our profits in the future, right? Exactly. It's, that's everything's getting tighter. Everything's a little a little closer. Commodities are up. People want to pay less for feed, so that's where the money is.
2: Yep. Yeah. So I, I like the feed mill side, and I've my background's been in swine barns. I've been in labs for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, now in feed mills, so. I like being able to kind of work between all of those spaces and see how that information connects to each other.
0: What made you decide that feed science was for you?
2: So my path has not exactly been linear. Um, I mentioned like I've been in swine barns. So growing up, we had a swine finishing barn that my family would manage, and mm-hmm. so I had that background, and then decided I wanted to do more like genetics and microbiology and science and realized that I maybe wanted to do a pathology vet school route. And after working for a couple of years, kind of realized that's not what I actually wanted to do. And so I was kind of looking at programs to come back to school and I really liked the swine side again. And I had found that passion. And so I was talking to a swine nutritionist and it just so happened. He told me, look at K-State. I mm-hmm. talked to their program and it kind of all worked out that my background matched really well with what some of Dr. Polk had been doing with feed safety. So I yep. fell into feed science without knowing what it was. Mm-hmm. And then after being in it and doing my masters, I really saw the, the need and the ability to kind of expand. And I l- learned that I really liked data and I like, mm-hmm. I like trying to make sense of it. So I saw a use for that and a need yep. for that in the industry. And I had fallen in love with being in the mill and the people who manage and operate and even the feed delivery drivers I enjoy working with and talking to and learning what they know and what they've accumulated over the years Um, and trying to find a way to preserve that knowledge I think is really important too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Have you gotten to talk to some of the, the data guys here at the show?
2: Yeah, I've talked to quite a few people. I've talked to some of the... Uh, trailer guys as well and Mm -hmm. what systems they have on their on the trailers and how they're able to like track feed and what bin exactly they're dropping it into or not and some of the control systems and yeah it's been it's been very fun yeah
0: (laughs) well i i've been in covering the industry for about eight years now and even in that eight year span all of that stuff has advanced Mm -hmm. so much
2: yeah
0: Uh, you could argue that we were a bit behind for a while but we're, we're, we're catching up mm-hmm. uh slowly but surely uh so that's it's really cool to hear um yeah. you'll be hopefully talking to people like me a lot
2: i'm i'm happy to before. talk about what i do i think it's really fun so i like sharing it with other people yeah. and seeing what what their experiences are and their view on the industry because academia we can come up with some really cool ideas and mm-hmm. fun things to do but it's only as useful as the people who would be implementing it. So seeing yeah. what the industry needs and what they maybe are already doing that we're not aware of or what we have thought up that might be helpful. and They maybe give us a reality check sometimes of, yeah, that's a really cool idea, but here's reality in our, in our system. So trying to yeah. make it actually useful.
0: So in the future, what do you, what do you think will, will attract you to a company? Say, say you can work anywhere in the world. What 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 are the things that you want for the company that what you work for?
2: That's a very good question. Um, I have ideas, um, but they're not fully fleshed out just because I still am very early in my PhD program. Um, I like companies that kind of are able to run the span of having really high level conversations in the boardroom and in leadership of here's our metrics or what we're trying to do. And here's how we think we um, can achieve that, but also have that buy-in and that relationship with their operators and their mill managers and their growers or producers and the people who are probably going to be the ones implementing those changes or, um, doing some of that extra work maybe that is required and being able to go to them and explain this is what we're trying to do if we're adding something to their day or adding something to their checklist being able to explain why we're doing that and how it benefits them and benefits the company and instead of just kind of passing down from leadership of this is what we're doing I really like having a company where I can kind of run between those levels. and
0: Yeah, you want to be involved in a level. You don't want to be locked in a, in a cubicle somewhere doing...
2: Exactly. <laughs> and I've seen, I've seen the challenges that happen when your teams aren't able to communicate with each other. Like, even at K-State, just between our grad student research and trying to get our undergrad help lined up, no matter the size, there's always communication challenges. But I think when you know people and know, know them on a personal level, you're more likely to get the benefit of the doubt and have people ask you questions instead of digging in their heels.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's a big, I mean, it's not a huge problem, but it happens, right, mm-hmm. because people are on such different levels. I I get I have the rare opportunity to get to talk to people at kind of every level of these companies, and it is, it's an issue, mm-hmm. especially when you're sitting there in the feed mill and you're, you are the one dumping the bags into the micro, micro ingredient machine and stuff like that. Yeah. Those little knowing why you're doing what you're doing is really helpful. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah, and that's something I'm really grateful for. I've yeah. had, just with my background, I've been able to kind of see how a lot of steps in the process work.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so it helps me I feel like I can bring things to the, to the table and explain like, that's a really cool idea but Here's what the people in that area are actually gonna to have to do to achieve the, it. The,
0: the practical effects Exactly, yeah.
2: yeah. How the practicality of it and yep. I don't know everything and I hope I never claim to, but it's it's fun to have that, that mixture.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well that's that's it. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing alright. Bon so Patrick Badger.
0: Patrick, very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Patrick, who made you decide feed signs? That's for me. So it was a little bit different. I'm from
3: southern Indiana. I grew up showing pigs and cattle. Thought I wanted to be a vet. A farm kid? Yeah. Yep. So I went to Purdue for my undergraduate. Started in pre-vet. Decided that was probably not the route I wanted to pursue. Mm -hmm. But I stuck with the animal sciences. And went. My junior year, I started getting into nutrition. Okay. Took quite a few nutrition classes in, in undergrad. Really enjoyed that. And got into a little bit of undergraduate research help my senior year, cause that would have been the fall of COVID year. So got into helping with some research, really enjoyed it. And kind of spurred me into emailing actually the swine nutrition team at K-State.
0: Very. Really? Um,
3: and they thought based on what I was wanting to do, cause I wanted to have some feed mill experience, because I think that'd be important to tie in with the nutrition background. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought with my experience and what I want to do, they thought the feed science program would be a really good fit. I emailed Dr. Polk, I think that same day, and we set up a meeting about two days after that and it just kind of
0: took off from there. Is there any particular part of the industry that appeals to you more than a production background or something like that? So
3: I like the some of the research side, like the research that we conduct, I like how that is. The setup to it, I like being able to be on the forefront of challenges that the industry faces and it's going to continuously change based on diet formulation trends um, newest ingredients coming out cheapest ingredients coming out it's always going to change and it's going to affect your feed mill in various ways if there's an industry faced challenge I'd like to be on the forefront and working with that and trying to get ahead and trying to make lives of feed mill managers feed mill operators easier yeah because that's where it's coming from I mean you have to have the people with the systems to be able to to make that feed. And if you're having issues, you're not going to be making feed. Yeah. And so I I really like that aspect of it, but I also enjoy technical services side. Sure. Going through helping producers and helping feed mills try to optimize their system, run machines more efficiently, and try to help with any kind of issues that they face.
0: Is there any particular type that you're really interested in? are you like, oh, I like I, I'm interested in making the perfect
3: pellet, anything like that? <laughs> uh, actually, all of my research is on pellets. Nice. Uh, pelleting, pellet quality, pellet quality uh, effects on pig growth performances and pellet mill electrical efficiencies.
0: Then this is perfect, right? Is mm-hmm. this your
3: first show? Yes, this is my first. You also got kind of trapped in the COVID. Yes. <laughs> we were planning on coming last year, and I believe it was three or four days before we were going to leave. Mm-hmm. That's when, as Allison said, the Delta variant spiked, especially here in Atlanta. And with Kansas State University's guidelines and recommendations, we decided we opted to be smarter Yeah, to stay back. You gotten to go around and talk to vendors and things like that? But that's been a really good experience because I know with the – Feed, the OH Cruise feed mill at K-State, we operate with interstates software sure. and control system, and I like going through And I am I like to learn the different software packages mm-hmm. that are out there in automation sure. systems just to get a general idea because not every feed mill or company is going to want to operate on one uh, system. I'd like to be able to know a little bit about each one, try to round myself off even more.
0: So, hey, question. Uh, you're going to go out... You're gonna graduate one day, and you're gonna get a bunch of job offers. Uh, fingers crossed. Always fingers crossed. Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll be all on bio meat at some point. <laughs> but uh, what is a what do you look for in companies that you want to work for? What do you what What are some of the things that you're? And this is this is for them. They want to know that when I ask this question, they want to know how they can recruit you. It's <laughs> not the other way around.
3: This is a personal preference for me. I know some people are different. Some people want to be a number within a company. That's sure. just they, they would they like that. Um, I like having a little bit more of a personal connection, getting to know people, getting to know the company more on a personal level, not just business level. Because ultimately, if you're working with a with a customer, they might purchase a product because they like the product, but also that, in my opinion, the biggest aspect is the person selling the product. They've got to have a personal connection with them. True. Sure. And i I'm very big on that. I like trying to build those personal relationships going into it and through the like an interview process and follow up emails and just staying in contact. Even especially now I'm growing up, I didn't get an offer, I didn't hear back from an application. I I don't get bitter because I've already met those I've met those people and that's a connection that'll go with you. They may they may not remember exactly who you are. They might remember the name, though. Yeah. Or they, this sounds familiar. And that's a connection you can go. And if you see them at an additional meeting, you start building that relationship over time. And regardless of who you work for, them, it's still a relationship that matters. Yeah. Somebody that might share an issue at their facility or within their company, and you try to work together to accomplish that or, or ways to solve that, bounce ideas back and forth. Just building those relationships is
0: what I would put it be as paramount for yeah companies well you're kind of in the perfect industry for that because so you'll see the same people year after year Mm -hmm. um and get to know them and watch as they go even if they branch off from you and go a different direction so So you've chosen wisely Mm -hmm. uh i guess is what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) hi steven again i didn't record an outro on the show floor so we're doing this now in the future I just want to thank Ashley, Allison, and Patrick for talking to me and, of course, you for listening. I hope you enjoy the podcast and I hope that you'll be back for the next one. Stay safe.